0: The following podcast was made possible by the sponsorship of Teresa Leong Lee and by Catholic Digital Resources, where you can find downloadable faith formation resources and evangelization tools. Visit Catholic Digital Resources at CatholicDR.com to build your own faith and the faith of others. That's CatholicDR.com.
1: I'd like to share with you the scripture from the book of Revelations that I think is probably the most important scripture for today's times. It's Revelations chapter 3, verse 16. But before I read that to you and unpack it for you, let's look at another scripture that's chapter 3, verse 16. What famous scripture comes to mind when you hear 316? John three sixteen right? This is where Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. This is the promise that Jesus is giving to everybody. God sent his Son to die for us, to suffer. The, you know, our sins... The sins of humankind are so destructive that we cannot get to heaven without Jesus taking our sins upon himself and doing this as an act of mercy for us so that we can join the eternal holiness. God, who is completely holy, we who are unable to live a completely holy lives, no matter how hard we try... We need that sacrifice of Jesus so that we can get to heaven, too. John 3.16 is best understood in today's world, in my opinion, in light of Revelation 3.16, which goes like this. Jesus is saying, Because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Jesus is saying that anyone who has a mediocre faith, lukewarm in the faith, somebody who straddles the fence, neither hot nor cold, they have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. They go to church or celebrate mass online because we're living in a time of, of the pandemic when a lot of churches are closed, and so we have to attend and receive spiritual communion online. In this environment, it is so easy to have one foot in the church, one foot in our faith life, and one foot in the world. One foot keeping us living in worldly compromises, in worldly ideas, false ideas that are contrary to the teachings of the Holy Roman Catholic Church, contrary to the teachings of Scripture. Because every teaching of the Catholic Church is based on Scripture. And read the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Read any other church document that explains social justice issues or the importance of going to Mass or, or whatever you want. It is footnoted with a lot of Scriptures. All the teachings of the Catholic Church are based on Scripture. That's how we can say all the teachings of the Catholic Church are based on the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, who is the word made flesh through the scriptures, is speaking through the Holy Spirit, who is speaking through the Catholic Church. And yes, he also speaks through other Christian denominations, but the Catholic Church is the one that has the fullness of, Of teachings that go all the way back to the earliest church all the way back to the first Apostles the first priests the first Pope which was Peter all the way back to Jesus himself and what we learn from this wealth we call the deposit of faith What we learn from this is how to live the holy life, how to be 100% on God's side of the battlefield, 100% building, working on our holiness, 100% for God, 100% wanting to purify from our lives everything that is not of God. But today we have, you know, we've arrived at this, very difficult time in history, where there's this pandemic that has prevented almost everybody around the world from going to Mass and receiving the sacraments, at least for a period of time, which, if you're fully in love with the Lord, that's an excruciating period of time, and it's a time of of learning how to become intimate with Jesus without receiving Him in the Eucharist. And for everybody else, it's a time of being challenged to think about How important is that Eucharist to us? You see, in order to get through these difficult times, which include a lot of other evils taking place in society, you can't watch, you know, I live in Florida in the U.S., and I can't look at the news every day without seeing lots and lots of really bad stuff going on, more than I've ever experienced in my entire life. What is God saying in all of this? Revelations 3.16, I believe, is one of the very important things he is saying in all of this. We who are Christians, who have adopted some of the lies, some of the teachings of the world, because it's more convenient to us, and therefore we've rejected some of the teachings or we've ignored some of the teachings of the Catholic Church. If that's the way we're living, we are... According to Revelations 3.16, we're upsetting the stomach of Jesus. We're making him so sick to his stomach that he's vomiting us out. You can't get to heaven if Jesus has vomited you out. We have adopted so many compromises that we're not even aware anymore of rejecting a teaching of the church. We're not educating ourselves enough. Let me say this. There are many, many Catholics today. Maybe you're not one of them. If you are fully living the teachings of the Catholic faith and fully aware of what's in Scripture and le- leading the life that is Spirit-filled based on the teachings of Scripture, then kudos to you. You are truly pleasing Jesus and He is very happy with you. And yes, we all sin every day in some way, but if your intention is not to sin and you want to learn to be come holy, to be purified, you you it's important to you to be purified, to be the holy saint that God created you to be when you were baptized. If that is your biggest desire, then know that God is very pleased with you and he appreciates every step you make in holiness even if it's a baby step but don't we know that there are many christians today who have accepted some of the lies of the of the world for example how many kids to have when i was first married i was not catholic And when Ralph and I were engaged to be married, I visited one of my professors from college. And, you know, he had been a friend. And so I visited him and his wife in their home. And I was sharing with them the good news of my engagement to Ralph. And they gave me a piece of advice that I wish I had never heard. They said... And it's something I'd heard from others. I mean, back in the 1970s, this was a big message that was going around very commonly. They told me, when you have children, stop at two. Don't have more than two children, because it is socially irresponsible to have more than two children. The world population is is getting too big, and we need to stop at two children if we care about the world we care about others, if we care about the starving people in Africa. starving people in Africa are having many, many kids, you know. I was told to stop it too. I believed this lie because I'd heard it very often, and at the time I wasn't Catholic and didn't know the teachings of the Catholic Church. What I'd been told about the teachings of the Catholic Church regarding this is that those Catholics... They don't practice proper birth control and that therefore they're bad people. Um, I was told that, you know, Catholics just have lots of kids without taking responsibility for what a difference that makes in the world to have, quote unquote, too many kids. After Ralph and I got married, we had two kids. When the first child was born, I was filled with such great joy I was filled, and by now I was Catholic, and I was filled with such wonder and awe about bringing a life into the world that I felt we should have four kids instead of two. Well, by the time we'd had two kids, there were pressures on us to stop there. Various pressures, all of them worldly. And so we did stop there. Many years later... As I continued to grow in faith and grow in knowledge of Scripture and grow in knowledge of the teachings of the Catholic Church, I was attending daily Mass, and I don't remember what the Scriptures were of Mass that day but or what the homily was, but something about that Mass triggered in me an awareness from the Holy Spirit. This awareness was that God had in his mind For Ralph and me to have more than two children. God had in his mind, maybe four, I'm not sure how many, but more lives to create. He knew who he wanted to create. He knew what their personalities were going to be. He knew what their lives were going to do, you know, what he was going to call them to do. But we never gave God the chance when I felt this anointing of knowledge from the Holy Spirit, it occurred to me that this was worse than the sin of abortion because, and maybe there's going to be some people who don't like to hear this and are going to disagree with me, it was a tough message for me to hear. It was a tough message, but it was filled with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So I knew down all the way to the depths of my soul that this was true. I was discovering that the sin of not having as many children as God wants us to have is worse than the sin of abortion. Because in abortion, there is a life created that though aborted, though stopped, though um, rejected, though not given the opportunity to make a difference in this world, it's still a soul that God embraces. It's a martyr Those babies who are aborted are martyrs. Satan and Satan worshipers love killing the innocents. Love killing anybody who is unborn because that is when the person is the most innocent of all. They haven't sinned one bit because they are just in the womb. Satan gets a lot of power from the death of those who are fully innocent. So the the sin of abortion is more than just the ending of a life on earth, but it's also contributing to the demonic powers that are around us who have been working to destroy the church and destroy each human life and take as many people to hell with them as they can. But at least the soul who was aborted still exists and has a soul. And God embraces them as martyrs of the faith, martyrs that have been sacrificed in the name of Satan. God still embraces them. They still have eternal life. They are loved. They are waiting for their parents to love them and stop rejecting them. If you've had an abortion, my friend, if you've contributed to an abortion, know this. God in his mercy has forgiveness for you. Seek it. You have to seek it to receive it and to know it. Go to the sacrament of confession for this so that you can receive the fullness of grace of God's mercy and healing. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the the gender of that child and then give that child a name. Just assume that whatever you hear in your imagination is correct. And if you get it wrong, it doesn't really matter. But give that child a name and tell that child through Jesus Christ that you love them and you want their forgiveness. And remember that child and give that child love for the rest of your life. But when we have, when we use birth control to say no to having more life, to giving more life, we are rejecting God's plans we are denying God the opportunity to have what he wants to create the persons that he wants to create we deny God the opportunity to give them life this denial of opportunity I mean there are people who would be existing who don't not because of abortion but because of the lie that we need to have small families The lie that we can't afford to have more children, that God won't take care of us if we have more children. Whatever the lies that we believed have told us, have convinced us. This is an example of living the mediocre faith of being neither hot nor cold. We are straddling the fence when we are believing the lies of the world living the lies of the world it 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 feels convenient you know when Ralph and I decided to have only two kids we were thinking that this was the best financial decision to make for us you know we weren't we didn't stop and pray what do you want to do lord are you capable we didn't have the faith yet to believe that god would see us through the financial extra burdens of having more kids. Although God had already planted the seeds of that knowledge within us because we were Catholic now and the teachings of the church were available to us. So we were accountable. When I learned this in that mass that I attended, when that, when the Holy Spirit revealed that to me, I ran to the priest after mass for confession. I couldn't get to him fast enough because I was horrified at what God, through his Holy Spirit, had illumined in me, had illuminated me to understand. And I want to be fully hot for the Lord, on fire for the Lord, not mediocre, not lukewarm. Any compromise we make with the teachings of the world that are contradictory to the teachings of Christianity... This is when we are lukewarm, and Jesus can't stand it. Jesus vomits that kind of person out of his mouth. He says, I'd rather that you be cold than lukewarm, because people who are rejecting Jesus outright, people who are so cold in their faith that they choose consciously to want nothing to do with Christ, Christ can work with that. Christ can work with that to bring them to conversion, but when we are lukewarm, when we are mediocre in our faith, what can he do with that? We're complacent with our mediocrity, or we wouldn't be mediocre. When we are complacent with where we are at on our spiritual journey, where we are at in our relationship with Christ, where we are at in growing in holiness, if we are satisfied with the way we are right now, if we're satisfied that our consciences are fine, that there's there's nothing we're doing against what our consciences are telling us. If we are satisfied that we are good with the Lord just the way we are, even though we are disagreeing with some of the teachings of the church and we're ignoring some of the teachings in scripture, if we're satisfied, how can Jesus get through to us? The people who are cold to Christ are very dissatisfied Something in their lives, or a lot of things in their lives, are feeling empty, are making them feel like there's got to be more, there's, you know, something. is going to be an open door for Jesus to reach them and say, Hey, I exist and I want to help you. But when we're satisfied with the way we are, we are being lukewarm. And what can Jesus do with that? We need to be dissatisfied with where we are spiritually. So let me pray a prayer for you right now. Join me in this prayer by just opening up your heart to what Jesus wants to do in you and also through you. Through you for the people that you know who are mediocre in their faith. Lord Jesus, I ask you to be with every person listening to this podcast and to help them know your mercy. Blow your breath of the Holy Spirit onto them to help them have an illumination of conscience in such a way that they will know where they are in danger of being vomited out of your mouth, Jesus. Give them an anointing of your Holy Spirit that will help them know how pleased you are with them, and what is upsetting you about what they're doing, what they're believing, because it is not true, it is not of you, and it's endangering their eternal salvation. Lord Jesus, I ask you to please anoint by your Holy Spirit the heart, mind, and soul of everybody listening to this podcast, and with your generosity of mercy, reveal to all of us the lies that we believe that you want to purge from our lives. Help us to be on fire for you, Lord, living fully on your side of the battlefield, fully on your side of eternity, your side of faith, your side of life. Come, Holy Spirit. And my friends, I ask you now to open up your hands. As if receiving a gift from God. Come, Holy Spirit, fill me. And as I say the word me, pray this prayer for yourself. Afterwards, you can rerun this part of the podcast and pray it for those that you're concerned about, that you've been praying for, who are lukewarm in the faith. Pray this with me for yourself. Come, Holy Spirit, fill me. Come, Holy Spirit, renew me. Come, Holy Spirit, You are the spirit of truth. You are the teacher that Jesus promised to give us so that we would know how to live the Christian life. Come Holy Spirit, teach me how I need to change. Teach me to be dissatisfied. Anoint me to be dissatisfied with the false messages I believe, with the lies that I've adopted, with the teachings of the world that are contrary to the truth, contrary to my eternal life, contrary to what Jesus did on the cross for me to receive eternal life. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. And my friend, I just want to invite you to take the next step. After saying this prayer with me, The next step is to get more involved in knowing what the teachings of the church are and knowing what the scriptures are, what the scriptures teach. Come to the Good News Ministries website, gnm.org. Sign up for the daily reflections, the Good News Reflections, which are written about the, the readings from daily Catholic Mass. It unpacks those readings for your life, for your trials, for your struggles. It brings it down to home. It brings those scriptures down to home where they can help you the most. And they're available by email subscription. They're also available by text message on both WhatsApp and the app called Telegram. And they're also available on the website. You can just read it right there on the website. Also, avail yourself of the other resources that we have. Go exploring the website because everything there is is an unpacking, one way or another, of the teachings of the Catholic Church. God wants to fill your life with joy. This is my last little tip for today. The joy that comes from being wholly on fire for the Lord, loving him with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul. Because when we love Jesus that much, we become aware of his comfort, his help in the times of trials that we are now in. We become aware of miracle power. We become aware of the goodness of God the security of God, the affirmation of God, and everything that you need to help you get through these very difficult times that we're in with joy. Any lack of joy you have, any worry, any stress that has stolen your joy, any fear that has stolen your joy, is an indication that you are believing something that is not true. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what the truth is and get off that fence. Jump fully onto the side of God where you live that truth with all your might. And at first it might be difficult to live that truth because it's contrary to what you're used to. But give it all your might and ask the Holy Spirit to help you every day with it until it becomes second nature. I am praying for you every day. You can come to the Good News Ministries website also and give me your prayer requests. In the nav bar of the website, look for the prayers and you will see in that menu where you can post a prayer and know that I am praying for you. God bless you.
0: You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org.